0: 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I've prepared uh, far more notes uh, for this morning than uh, what we're going to have uh, time for. Uh, If you will be recording this morning's sermon, we'll also record this afternoon's, which will probably be a little bit longer if you want to tune in for uh, some of the um, uh, other details of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. As we're reading through 2 Corinthians, we're getting a sense of who the Christians were in Corinth uh, in the first century. Uh, They lived in a very different era to us, at a very, very different time. It's sometimes hard to imagine uh, what it is like. But if they lived today, if Christians from the first century Corinth lived today, they'd be people who would love social media. Uh, Corinthians, in the first century, were obsessed with self-image and glory. They were experts in self-promotion. They would be the first to install the best Insta filters obsessed with likes and shares. They would love the idea that we can carry in our pocket a high-res portable camera that's instantly connected to the world wide web to share images with filtered brilliance. They would love that. Now, even if we don't share the love that the Corinthians might have shared, had if they were here amongst us, even if we're people today who are not concerned much for social media or connected to it, we feel the importance of building an image, of guarding our reputation. We do think what do other people think? Uh, perhaps that was part of your upbringing. The phrase, what are the neighbours going to think? What are other people at church going to think? What will your, perhaps your teachers said to you, what will your parents think if I tell them? And some of us have grown up in a culture where honouring your family and keeping up the family image and reputation is a really important thing, and you still feel that. And maybe you've had to think about building your own personal brand as part of your career, or building a a reputation in order to uh, build your profession. We feel the importance of image and guarding a reputation. Now, 2 Corinthians 3 points us to the image of sincere Christianity. An image that is empowered by God's Spirit. An image that is secure. An image that is glorious as it reflects God's glory. Will you please read with me from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, starting at verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 1 if you're using one of the church bibles you'll find that on page 817 are we beginning to commend ourselves again or do we need like some people letters of recommendation to you or from you you yourselves are our letter written on our hearts known and read by everyone You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such confidence we have through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory, so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, transitory though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold... We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. One of the repeated words in there is glory. And not just in that chapter, but right throughout the Bible, there is glory mentioned. God's mission in the world is focused on His glory. An encounter with God is an encounter with His glory. We particularly see it through the narratives of the Old Testament, uh, that as whether they be uh, prophets or leaders of God's people or even a, a glimpse of God from his people, God shows his glory. Uh, coming through into the New Testament and the arrival of Jesus, there's an, uh, we, we, we see in Jesus his glory. And God's mission in Jesus working towards what will be uh, worked out a bit in, into eternity is all to the glory of Jesus, God's son. What do we mean by glory? This is glory when it comes to God. Glory is the weight of the majestic goodness of who God is and the resulting reputation he gains from his revelation of himself as creator, sustainer, judge and redeemer, perfect in justice mercy, loving kindness, and truth. God's mission in the world is focused on his glory. To have an encounter with God is to have an encounter with this. And the purpose of humanity, as God's creatures, as those who have been made by God and for God, our purpose is to see God's glory and to reflect God's glory as his image bearers. But the sad story of of the world, the sad story of the Old Testament, that is a story of our own heart, is that humanity, we seek our own glory. We reject the glory of God for a version that is about us. God's plan is to reinstate his glory in his people. In stages of the Old Testament, this this was was through Moses and the law. And what we see in this passage is that that was transitory, that it was passing, that that had a glory, but there is a greater glory coming. That is the glory that comes with the new covenant in Christ with the gospel. Have a look with me again, please, in verse 7. Now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stones, you're thinking here of the the stone tablets of the Ten Commandments, the the, the symbol of God's uh, good law and covenant with his people. Now, if that brought death, but if it came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily on the face of Moses because of its glory, transitory though it was will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? You see, in the Old Testament, in Moses' time, in the time of the Old Covenant, God's glory is is mediated and, and filtered. You might want to look up Exodus chapter 34, where where, as Moses has just a, a passing glimpse of God's glory, he then had to wear a veil over his face because the Israelites were not able to look directly even on the reflection of God's glory in Moses' face. In the Old Covenant, there's that mediated and filtered engagement with God's glory. But now the Spirit gives the possibility of a righteous engagement with God and His glory. Verse 9. If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? Righteousness of being in a right relationship with God. Righteousness of being restored to being an, a true image bearer of God. The righteousness of true and secure glory. Now just take a moment. Your work that you do in the world. Whatever you're heading off to do tomorrow morning. Paid or unpaid. That is important. Your job makes a significant contribution in the world, given by God to support yourself and those that God has entrusted to your care. The goals that you have in life, the achievements that you already have behind you, the achievements that you dream about in the future, they are good gifts for our enjoyment in the world and for you to bring enjoyment in the world to other people. But, if if this is God's world, and if everything is working towards his purposes, the most glorious reality in this life is for you to be righteous. The most glorious reality in this life is for you to be a Christian is for you to confess Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The most important thing is not to have your own reputation, your own attempt at glory, your own building up of a profile. The most important reality is the reputation of righteousness, of being in a right relationship with God. This is glory. Young people, uh, you've got far more to look forward to than the rest of us because, God willing, there's so much more of life ahead of you. Uh, for you, young people, you, most of you, you're still looking forward to being able to drive legally, looking forward to owning a car, to finishing school and university, to perhaps being married... Having a career still ahead for you, finding that achievement that is going to make you feel really great. Can I say to you, though, the most amazing reality in life, though, is the Spirit turning you to faith in Christ. This is glory. Retirees, perhaps you feel a bit like life has gotten away from you and you might feel like you've got nothing to show for your life but a superannuation nest egg and life is now a string of tour holidays punctuated with medical appointments. As you look back on your life and the days that you still have, the most glorious reality in this life is for you to be righteous. This is glory. Now, if you're here this morning and you're somewhere between those two groups of young people and retirees, I just have one question for you. Is your work, is your job, is the the thing that you are doing day in and day out, is it in perspective with God's perspective? Important as it is, is for you the most glorious reality in this life? Is it for you to be righteous? Verse 10 says, For what was glorious in the old covenant has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Still, there'll come a day when your work in Benin is done. Uh, Perhaps returning here to live in Canberra or Melbourne or somewhere else. And I'm sure you have already worked this out. Uh, But to say it very plainly for everybody, what you have done and will continue to do in Benin will not look very impressive on your LinkedIn profile. It'll look more impressive on your profile to say, past Olympian. It'll look more impressive on your profile to say, project engineer with icon water. But then there will be this huge, long gap in your profile of doing things that just do not seem very impressive in the world. French-speaking Sunday school helper on my good days. purchasing officer for a girls home logistics coordinator for audio recordings in minority language groups we think you're wonderful seal and we think those things are wonderful but the seal the most glorious reality in this life is for you to be righteous Because we know God's righteousness, we will be people who reflect his glory in the world. God will use everything that we go through to reflect his glory in that, in us. Whether our career is advancing, when our reputation is boosted, God will be reflecting his glory in us. When we come across a great achievement or when our plans and dreams are hindered, God is reflecting his glory in us. As we journey through the days ahead, may we never settle for protecting our own pixelated image or reputation rather than the high-resolution glory of God.